Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Venom right after this ad that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff, we're talking about Venom today, aren't we? Yeah, man. And uh, as, uh, as we mentioned, we're going to start having a five-star review at the top of every episode. A uh, five-star review from Apple Podcasts. Uh, let's read this one. <laughs> uh, okay. So annoyed by a Minecraft app says, I love this 3000. I guess I'm listening to this now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I really love the sentiment of, I guess I'm listening to this now. I like how it's defeated in a way, you know, it's not like, it's not super glowing of an endorsement of this podcast. It's five stars. And he's just like, I guess, I, I guess, I guess this is an hour and a half of my week now. <laughs> so thank you for listening. And again, we're, t- we're going to be trying to drop a five star review at the beginning of every podcast. So, uh, go, go, go rate one and you'll get on a podcast soon. Hopefully we had discussed it at one point. We had asked everybody to go and like, Everybody who hates us, give us that review so that we can we can take that in and you know either laugh at it or grow from it or whatever. Um, I don't remember saying that. That's funny. No, we absolutely asked for that. <laughs> but I kind of want these like disinterested five star reviews. <laughs> no. Yeah, I really like, like it, and it, it particularly fits this episode. I guess I'm listening to this now. Was his review because <clears throat> we're watching Venom, and you know what? I guess we're watching this now. Is, uh, I guess we're of, talking about this now. Kind of how we feel, because we this was not intended to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the big news is uh, Kevin Feige has said that it is very likely that Spider-Man, our Peter Parker from the MCU, will be appearing in a future Venom movie. Um, this looks like he's going to be at least in a um, in Venom 2, uh, which looks like that's going to be about Carnage, um, and... So Venom 2 will have Carnage in it and Spider-Man in it. So that's really cool. It's really cool and really fun. Uh, but, you know, the, the question is, do we like Venom? So let's talk about Venom. Let's first do a quick spoiler-free, like, what, what do you think about Venom? It's not a Marvel – it's not an MCU movie. I can say that. Sure. It's it's not an MCU movie in every sense. Uh, it just – it – I don't know about every it feels, sense, but – Every sense. It feels like the care wasn't taken to make the character introduction the absolute best that it could have been. That being said, it was fun at certain parts. Um, it was it was fun watching Tom Hardy flail around. Yes, it was <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, the action is great, um, and the, the action is great. The powers are super fun to watch. So that, that I think that, that's some of the strengths of the movie, and I think the performances are good. I really like Tom Hardy. Um, I, I really like the character, uh, where, especially where it resolves it, 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 so going forward, I'm excited to see what this character does next. Yep. Yep. But there were, I mean, there were some weaknesses to it that, that just come from my opinion, at least there were some weaknesses that come from them approaching the story without Spider-Man. And I agree. I, I found myself wishing that they had come from the Spider-Man because like if we're talking MCU, if we're going spoiler free for Venom, but spoilery for MCU, which, you know, that's, that's what we do. Um, if this Eddie Brock 
this investigative journalist had been like tracking Peter Parker after the big reveal that Peter Parker is Spider-Man in the world and somehow like, you know, got entangled with him and then got the symbiote that way after Peter had had it. But, you know, I, I've got this whole thing in my head of like right. how this could have been better. I just, I think that it, it could have been such a better story of how like this kid has torn down this great investigative journalist and, and ruined his life in some way. And that's mm. why he wants to, to, you know, be the bad guy for a little bit. Interesting. So, so, so I don't think I hated it nearly as much as you did. Probably not. I think this movie, like again, yeah, you know, it's not the comic book origin of Venom. Uh, Spider-Man should have been first according to books, but I don't mind it diverging from the books. It, the, the things that do bother me with it joining the MCU is there just some really obvious MCU tie-ins that should have been there. Um, like this, some, there's a certain character in the movie that seems very much like he is a Tony Stark type. And I can't imagine why they would never mention Tony Stark in the same breath. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it seems like an absence that Tony Stark doesn't exist in this world or hammer or any of the, any of the other major characters from the MCU. And I get it. It's rights issues, but it still makes it feel we're so used to the universe feeling tied together that those real obvious opportunities that are not taken are, are blatantly obvious. It makes the universe feel not lived in, which, you know, that's the whole point of the MCU. It feels lived in all the time. Yeah. Well, like even the, even in the universe that they, that Sony has control over, like you didn't, you get the super rich guy who didn't ever mention Norman Osborn. Come on, man. You right. guys own that. <laughs> yeah, well, I get that more in that they haven't introduced Osborne yet. So, and they also probably have plans for him in the MCU. I get they were trying to make a movie where they didn't mention other movies because they were trying to do a little standalone Venom thing. And I think what they did for a standalone Venom thing worked pretty well. Uh, it feel it felt empty, and and there's some character problems. There's some character problems that they don't do a good job of really explaining the characters very well, particularly the character of the symbiote, which is important in this story. It's uh, very important in Venom. Yeah, understanding the Venom character is is important to this particular story that they tell, and it's kind of kind of glossed over. Um, uh, so, but you know, if if I had to place this in my rankings of MCU movies, it wouldn't be at the bottom. Would it not? No. I think it's not as bad as Dark World, for sure. Um, it would be near the bottom. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it would be in the bottom three or four, but it wouldn't be the worst. Like, it, it, it could have fit in. Honestly, it could have fit in with that or Captain Marvel to me. Um, it, it, or I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember what my rankings actually were, but, you know. Uh, the ones that like didn't re- end up resonating or, or Hulk, um, the, the, those movies, they're sort of near the bottom for me. This wait, wait, movie Hulk fits. or the incredible Hulk. Sorry. The incredible Hulk, I guess okay. uh, the one in the MCU. <laughs> Cause that's obviously what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, the, it fit into those for me, which which is a problem in that it would be it would be one of the bottom for me. But I do think it has more potential um, than like a Incredible Hulk. Uh, the, the 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 actors are really good. Both both uh, both the kind of 
main characters are really, really good in this. Um, and, uh, you know, has a little love story, which we don't get that much of in the MCU, which honestly is part of the problem, uh, with this movie, I think, is that it does take the time to make a love story happen. And I feel like that was sort of unnecessary. Okay. Uh, let's dive into spoilers. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's kind of my problem with the first Thor movie, which I've elucidated many times. Characters yep. making major changes over romantic interest when it just doesn't feel earned. So let's get into spoilers. Full spoiler alert. We're going to talk Venom now. Okay. Uh, in three, two, one. It sucked. Oh, no, no, no. That's not a spoiler. We knew it was going to happen. Oh, there it is. Oh, zing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't think, <laughs> no, it's, I don't no. think it sucked nearly as bad as you did. I think. I don't, I don't really have a spoiler. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Your bit was taken well. I liked it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't fully agree with it, but I but I liked it. I, I like I said. I think that this fits in the pantheon of sort of the lower versions of what a Marvel movie could be, and it, it, to be expected, it didn't have the uh, participation from Marvel and Kevin Feige that the others do. So, of course, it's going to be in the lower tier, and that's yeah. that's okay. Like I. I'd, I'm not so mad at this movie that I'm upset about bringing the character over. I think the character was super fun to watch. Um, I really like the interaction between the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock. I think that's super fun. I like the character of Eddie Brock. Um, and they did some some neat things. One of the first lines in the movie, uh, she says, are you going to feed the cat? Uh, and I know we've talked about save the cat moments before. Yeah. And I thought that was a super meta reference to a lot of the flaws in um, anti-hero movies is they forget to have them save the cat. They forget to have them do a good thing in the beginning of the movie to establish that character. And I thought, did you feed the cat was a direct reference to that. Um, it's the first, <laughs> it's like the first thing she asks him in the movies. Did you feed the cat? Or, are you going to, no, no, he says, are you, will you feed the cat? Will you feed the cat? Or are you going to feed the cat? And it's like, uh, yeah, I, I just really liked that because it was like, are you going to save a cat in this movie? Are you going to show us that you're a good guy? <laughs> and then I'm not sure that he did. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure that they actually on. followed through on that. Yeah. I thought that was a direct reference. And then they, I mean, I think the idea of him feeding the cat was, or save saving the cat was him being the journalist that he was and him fighting for the little guy. Um, but uh, particularly in our sort of divided moment in politics, I think that like could be taken as saving the cat for some people, but not others. And I also think that, I mean, obviously what this guy is doing is wrong, but I also think it's really morally complicated by um, the way he gets his information by wronging his girlfriend the way he does. Yep. I was uh, like, no, no, no. Fiance. Oh yeah, that's right. No, were they were they yet? I thought. Yeah, she had a ring on. She gave it back to him, stuck it in his pocket. Okay, sorry, I, I missed that. I, I know he had the ring. I thought maybe he was going to ask her because he had the ring later. Yeah, I just thought that was all like, man, he's kind of. I needed him to, to, to for us to buy buy in to his story and to care about him. I needed for him to be kind of a good guy to start with. Cause he's got to yep. be the good guy that balances out the villain that is venom. Like that's the whole point is that venom is supposed So this is the two big character problems for me. Venom is supposed to be this thing that is bad. And Eddie Brock introduces it to sort of morality and, tr and sort of tames it 
with his morality. But Eddie Brock was sort of a morally flawed character at the beginning, and it's kind of like, ooh, he did a real bad thing and never really made up for it. He apologizes, but never really makes up for it. Yeah, but when he apologized for it, it was still forced out of him by the bad guy. Uh, yeah, which that's the other problem I have is that like the other, the other issue I have is the thin nature of the venom symbiote. Sometimes he seems like a wise, dull best friend. And sometimes he seems like a vicious monster that wants to kill everything, including Eddie. Um, and I don't fully understand that. And, and then it, it has the, it has the same problem with Thor that, that I just mentioned at the top. It's the, you are a intergalactic symbiote that has taken over and destroyed many worlds. If you were going to decide not to be that anymore and you're going to decide to fight your own people and betray your, your own kind to protect the earth and humanity, I kind of need a little more of a motivation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was out of nowhere where it was just kind of like, yeah, I like this planet now, so I'm going to save it. It's like, okay, but like, but how, how did you come to like this planet? Is it just that Eddie is funny in, in the way that he flails around and you're having fun flinging people around into walls and shit? Like, what yeah, you, what makes you like us? What makes That's Venom like us? exactly what I was saying to Alyssa last night, my girlfriend, I was saying that like, if there had been a moment in that car chase scene where we didn't – Eddie had the moment where he started having fun, which I thought was important because one of my least favorite things about a superhero movie is if the entire time the hero never acknowledges how much fun it is to have superpowers. Like it's got to be like – got to have yep. fun with your superpowers or it's not a fantasy, you know? Yep. Um, and one of the biggest things that I saw in this was Eddie had a great time. Venom never really – if in that scene, Venom had been like, these are the defenses of this planet, I don't need the other symbiotes. I can run things here. You know, I can have all the power I want here. Yep. And then Eddie had been like, if you want to stay here and you want to have power here, which I think was the the goal they were saying, like, oh, he doesn't need the other symbiotes. He can just – he he's not a loser here. He's going to be a powerful being on this planet. I think that was what they were going for, but they didn't really like bear that out. Yeah. All I really got is a, a weirdly voiced emo symbiote. Uh, I don't know if I see him as emo, but yeah, well, I mean, he was saying like on my planet, I'm a bit of a loser too. And like, we had not had any of that at all. It come forward like there was none of that none of that that sort of sentiment in regard to himself ever at all until that one moment when it was critical for him to have that conversation with Eddie <clears throat> yeah i'm i'm with you i think that i there's a couple of ways i could see this going and my favorite of them is if the symbiote had been a little more villainous yep. and then they had made it so that Eddie's uh, companionship with him, his his uh, what's the what's the word they use for it? Um, the fact that they worked so well together, that the, they they were matched or whatever, was a much more rare thing. Like maybe like the symbiote found his person, you know. Like this yeah. is a this doesn't even happen on every planet. It's very rare to have a person sync up this much with me, and like maybe that could have tied him to Eddie and been like. 
I I'm either I'm, I I either go have to go live on a comet with my people or let them come destroy this planet where I could live and have you know have a life here. And I don't I don't really want galactic conquest. I'd rather stay here and run things on this planet. But then you know, he says, "Well, you can you, we can we can do that. We can eat people, but it's got to be bad people." And like that's that's like a cool. And it's like he'd always be fighting to sort of. Uh, balance the symbiote to, to kind of tame it, to control it. But instead it just kind of felt like they wanted to have this buddy comedy. Yeah. And I kind of wanted Venom to stay a little more sinister than he did. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're making me more disappointed with it. <laughs> well, that, well, I'm, I'm showing that there's, there's, there's a path that this movie could have been like really right up spot on. Yeah. Uh, and I think they, instead of making Venom still kind of a villain, and he's supposed to be an anti-hero. They just kind of made him into a hero in this movie. Yeah. A hero that eats people, but a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call that an anti-hero. <laughs> I'm not even sure they call that hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, one of the things that could have really, really made Eddie Brock a uh, more relatable character um, and be more heroic is if... <sighs> I think that Sony undercut themselves with trying to add backstory to Eddie Brock from before the movie. And they really just kind of cut their, le- their own legs out from under them when they did that. Because Eddie Brock was apparently, according to the reel that we saw, he was this big investigative journalist and like this huge name in investigative journalism and was, uh, you know, this like this guy who was always on the side of the, of the good people. But then he had lost his job because of some snafu somewhere in the past. It seems recently, maybe. But he had he had gotten a different job and was told to play it cool. But that kind of just... It, it sort of undercut his investigative journalism skill set, so to speak. Like, if he had gotten the, the interview with... Um, oh, God, what was his name? Mm, that's a g- g- great question. <laughs> the bad guy. If he had gotten his interview with the villain, uh, you know, while being this like n- down and gritty, you know, in the trenches investigative journalist and was, you know, trying to find out all the bad that this guy's doing and maybe infiltrated the facility and didn't actually like get anybody on his side, just kind of snuck in or something like shown some skills of his own and some and some drive of his own. Uh, to to try to get in and find the thing and do the right thing, then I think that he could have been a lot more relatable as a as a hero or as a, a person trying to do good at the very least. And what we got instead was this just kind of like dead fish Eddie Brock that was just kind of being thrown around until he came into contact with the symbiote and then was like, oh, yeah, well, the, now we're doing this. That's part of the thing I was talking about earlier where – he he doesn't save the cat. His his thing is supposed to be this great investigative journalist who does good for people, but his he not only wrongs his fiance uh, by you know taking information that's not his. He then goes and quits being an investigative reporter for six months because he gets kind of uh, heartbroken, I guess, and has his life taken from him. But like these days, he could have taken that Brock report on line and done a youtube show and probably done fine you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah it yeah. kind of felt like you don't they they wanted to have it both ways because they had that whole thing was cut together like it was a 
internet series. And then, then he acted like it was impossible for him to do his own thing or like to be in it. Like he had a fan base. Almost everyone in the movie recognized him. He could have yeah. easily taken that and done something else with it and continued to investigate exactly. who he wanted to. And instead he kind of like just gets heartbroken by the loss of his job and his fiance and just does nothing for six months, uh, which is the other flaw I saw in this movie. Um, on top of that, uh, they crash land somewhere in Malaysia that older lady gets the symbiote. That was a uh, riot. Riot, correct. Six months later, she arrives. Six months later. Yeah, they, it was like they forgot <sighs> that. Then it took the girl like whatever a couple days to find him. Um, but he goes. They go to find this rocket, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, why did you let the six month later thing happen, and then have the same lady? still have the symbiote, even though we know the symbiotes eat the people. That was just kind of a f- stupid flaw in the movie. Yep. Um, so that was a bummer. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that six months later bit seemed to also really undercut the urgency of, uh, of what's going on. You know, the symbiotes are eating people when they get connected with them. Right. Uh, the symbiotes are, you know, they're they're dying. They're starving when they're not. It was the only reason they did the six month later was just to give her another boyfriend. Like, is that it? <laughs> Probably. Probably to give her some time to get over things. Again, it's it feels like so, to some degree the romantic storyline took precedent over making the superhero storyline make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. Like if 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 they had gone with the if they had just gone with not having him had his job lost before and being with this other, this other, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this other, uh, news agency, this, this other network, that's the word. And like having them kind of try to neuter him or rein him in or something, you know, try to like keep him from, from being himself. If he was just allowed to be himself and go investigate, you know, he wouldn't have needed, he wouldn't have needed his girlfriend's or his fiance's documents. You know, he wouldn't have invaded her privacy. I, I think that it could have been, it would have been a lot more tragic if she had left him simply because he had decided to, to keep doing this thing that was so self-destructive and so tragic. And she just couldn't be a part of it anymore because it was destroying her life too. Yeah, I agree. Just because she got caught, caught in the crossfire. Well, it also Not would have even. been it also would have been the good guy doing the thing because it was right, even though he was going to lose his his love. Like, which would have given him that save the cat moment of like, no, I have to do this because it's right. But instead, he like stole her information and like it just made it feel like he was like pretending to be her boyfriend to get information or whatever. It felt weird. Right? It didn't, it didn't really feel right. But uh, anyway, that all being said, I think this movie does have some value, and I think that it's it, Venom is a total badass. Like the scenes were unlike anything I'd ever seen fight scene wise. That was really cool, and I really like the concept of Venom, which you know directly from comic books. The idea that Eddie Brock and Venom are two different creatures working together um, to do what they do. And so I, I, I think that this could have value in the MCU. It's unfortunate they couldn't get their ducks in a row and have it just be part of the MCU. Yeah. Yep. You know, I want to see, I want to see the behind the scenes stuff 
for like before the v- the VFX went in for for Venom to see just like a guy dancing weirdly in the middle of a room and having people just fly like fly away from him. Yeah, this one's probably real funny being without the pulled VFX. back. Yeah, cuz um <laughs> just if you if you look at it as him being the way that he had to do the movements for Venom, you know, kind of flinging his arm up and and reaching out to grab somebody from across the room like it looks it would look a lot like uh like those found footage movies that are like uh the haunting type things like it would be one of those one of those uh spook fests of like somebody developing some weird psychokinetic power yeah i just think that that would be really funny that would be really funny when he's in the 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 car chase where he's on the bike and he's he's going through san francisco like there's there's some times where I'm like, come on, Eddie, just shut up for a minute and let this happen. Like just let it go. Have let the let the symbiote do the symbiote's thing. It's obviously protecting you. Let it. But when he's kind of trying to talk to it, like, oh man, don't please no. And then you know things are being blown up around him, and cars are being flung around, and he's like doing this weird power slide around the around the lamppost. Like that was a lot of fun. There was a lot of a lot of good that was done there with you know, it being an exciting thing. So I think that they've they've got the excitement there of how it is for this guy to be you know in league with the symbiote and and for the symbiote to be this driving force. I just I would like to have seen more of that good vision. Yeah, I an, another issue I have with this character in general, and I'm sure this is uh, right out of the comics, is his weakness is a little too weak. With the sound, yeah. Like I know, I know, but it's like that. That's a really re- easy thing to do. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, I understand it being a certain frequency. Like, if it were a hard to achieve frequency, that would make more sense. But like, I think four to six k is like not that far from human speech. Yeah, like <laughs> so. Could, I mean, yeah, it seemed like it had to be pretty strong of a thing. But yeah, four to six k is like the four k is like the edge of human speech. Like, I, I don't know. I, it seemed weird. Yeah, if your weakness to sound is achievable by airplanes like on this planet you're screwed man yeah yeah like they are everywhere any hero that can be defeated by a bluetooth speaker uh, <laughs> that's a problem you know it's a problem and she was just giving feedback at the end like feedback through the speaker <laughs> yeah it's a it's problem like, oh, it's a bit of a done problem. i i really like the idea of like Venom fighting the electric guitar guy from Fury Road, which is also Tom Hardy. I have not seen it, but okay. Oh, Tom Hardy plays Mad Max, and they have uh, this insane guitar guy playing guitar solos as their war music. Like, you know, like instead of drums or whatever, it's like the yeah. the, the war music of the future are these like guys in like le- all leather playing guitar. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. He's like, bouncing on the front of a, of a of a war vehicle playing electric guitar with huge speaker. It's great. But I, I really want to do a mashup now of that defeating Venom <laughs> because it's all Tom Hardy. 
<laughs> you know who could very easily and accidentally defeat Venom? Huey from The Boys. Why Huey? Because he was he was an electronics expert. He was doing home installations of AV and stuff. Right, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Huey like, from The Boys could absolutely take down Venom. <laughs> like when Huey can take you down, I think you need a reassessment on your weakness. Yeah. So that's a bit of an issue. The other thing that I, I couldn't figure out is how much does Venom know? Because he seemed to know everything that uh, Eddie knew. But then there were times he like had to ask Eddie questions. Yeah. It, it was weird. There, there was a weird imbalance of knowledge of how much does the symbiote know and how much does it not know. It's very inconsistent with his amount of his knowledge. And yeah. Yeah. His- his injection into Eddie's brain. It's like he knows, he seems to know everything about Eddie. And then he's like, who's Anne? <laughs> I, I, like the only way I could headcanon it, and I don't know that it works. I didn't go back over the movie to see, but is that, is that he only knows thoughts Eddie is actively having. Like he can read Eddie's thoughts and he can't actually like delve into his past maybe. And so when Anne comes across his brain, he's like, who's Anne? But mm. that's still it. Just it seemed inconsistent. But I think that head cannoning might work if we went back and watched everything. Maybe because like he hangs out on, on Eddie for like a little while before he comes out and talks. So maybe he's like learning Eddie while Eddie's like wandering around acting crazy. <laughs> he's just letting him flail and like, oh yes, okay, all right, I understand. Yeah, I see, oh, I see, I see all of these thoughts. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, I will take this world. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's about all I got to say about this movie. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I just, I'm really disappointed that this movie didn't come out after Far From Home and, and linked to Far From Home because, you know, Far From Home could have been right after Far From Home when he was outed. Um, Spider-Man could have, you know, gone back to his nano suit back at his house and um, something could have been waiting there that had followed him back from Titan and like, boom, that could have been symbiote. Right. There we go. That's that symbiote story. Black suit Spider-Man and Eddie's chasing him, trying to be the investigative journalist and he's ends up ruining his, his life because of it or something. And he's taken down by this teenager and then the the symbiote passes to him after Peter Parker finally realizes how bad it is and you know gets it off of him but you know it goes to it goes to Eddie and then this movie picks up that would have been a great movie yeah maybe i i i'm not going to fight the 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 fight of it's not the way the comics did it so it's not right i, I think i think there's a possibility they could do a good thing here and i'm trying to let it be what it is and and hopefully moving forward, they they might get the you might get that Spider Man storyline. Um, it's just he'll already have been part of Eddie, and like maybe he goes and uh, is is the black suit Spider Man for a, a movie or something, and then he goes back to Eddie when he you know when when Spider Man resists it or whatever. I think that'll be fine. What they were trying to do with this movie was do the story from the comics of Lethal Protector. And Lethal Protector, it's kind of Lethal Protector and uh, Planet of the Symbiotes kind of mashed together. Lethal Protector is only interesting because Venom had been a bad guy in the past. And Venom had been 
a villain mm. of Spider-Man and was turning over a new leaf and becoming uh, a, an anti-hero instead of being a bad guy and kind of like you know he was he was sure. turning over that new leaf. Like well, that's why this the the Lethal Protector story was interesting. I think they could have done that in this without having it been tied to Spider-Man. I think they could have done that with the simple change of really making Venom a villain. Yeah. Instead, if, I mean, if they had Independence Day, him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Independence Day had the the aliens going from planet to planet, eliminating right. everything. Like maybe he's and then he well, gets here. They they did that. I mean, that's what they did. It's just then they didn't really they didn't do a good job of explaining why he's changing sides. And if they'd yeah. done that, or 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 gave him let him change sides, but then he like re- really still wants to be evil. And he's just – Eddie just has to keep him on a short leash. Like that all could have been interesting and still been compelling. But they do just kind of want to have their cake and eat it too. Like this is a evil thing that eats people, but it's also kind of just a funny buddy cop movie. Uh, oh, it's, man. It's weird. I just had the best image in my head of uh, uh, a montage sequence of Eddie taking the symbiote around – San Francisco, going on like a pub crawl, introducing him to IPAs, um, you know, getting a hot dog on the street together, or right, any of those things, like all of these things together, and being like, you know, maybe this world's not so bad after all. Yeah, I I think I really think the angle is that he just realizes, and he just realizes this is a world where he can attain power. And then yep. his 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 restriction is you get to have power, but you have to have more. You have to be moral about it. You have to yeah. only do. You only have to do the bad things to the bad men. Um, I think that could have been a really good balance, and I think they there's still room for that balance, but they didn't do a good job of telling me about it on this in this first outing. Yeah, I think the the last line in the movie of uh, of him saying or of Venom saying. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. I think that that would have been better put into the middle of the movie yeah. and have that be the the real uh, the real conflict between the characters. I, I agree. They didn't. They, that's that's and they they had all the trappings of conflict around these characters. I mean, at one point, Eddie, you know, discards him into that MRI room, and then it's like, and then Eddie leaves as if he doesn't care if the symbiote dies, and it's like, okay. That, that that like, but I didn't really hear them have a fight there that was substantive enough for the kind of things they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, it wasn't that big emotional thing of like you were eating me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was that was in there, um, but, but it just it wasn't. I, did, I don't know. I don't as... know why he decided not to eat him. That's the problem. Like why yeah, why Eddie fair. decided to uh, to trust him again. I, I think, though, well, the main reason is because he was about to die. But, like, yeah. why would Eddie agree to trust him going forward? Why didn't he just make his way to another MRI room or a electric guitar? Um, whatever. <laughs> Which I kind of enjoyed the fact that Eddie was annoyed by the electric guitar, and then that ended up being the thing that was hurting Venom. So they went over there together and, like, both were united in their annoyance of their neighbor. That was kind of funny. Um there were some nice moments, but overall, I didn't get a good sense of why Venom changed sides. And that, or that, like, Venom went from, he's an evil space-bound thing here to destroy the Earth, to, I'm going to abandon everyone because I kind of like Eddie. 
<laughs> like that that's that's a that's a big leap. And also we're going to be loners together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, they could have gone into a little bit more of like what the interaction of their brains being connected like they are, it, what that means to Venom. Like maybe that closeness was important to Venom and it gave him something he'd never had before. I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of things they could have done, but they kind of chose to do none of it. And it's just, it's kind of a thin reason for Venom to switch sides. Yeah. But a fun movie. But overall, a fun movie. If it wasn't part of the MCU, I probably wouldn't have even noticed that uh, some of the problems but i'm just so protective of the mcu that i really (laughs) want i want i want there to be good motivations going forward like i want to understand who eddie is and who venom is and how they interact so that when they go up against another character i want to know why because i'm like building this character of venom in my head i'm I'm head i'm sitting here head canning the motivations of venom and i shouldn't have to yeah I just I see you uh, when you say that I'm so protective of the MCU. I just see you like standing in front of it with your arms around it, just like no, you can't come in here unless it's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm the we, we're the bouncer outside the velvet rope of the MCU club. <laughs> um, we're we're obviously not the bouncer, but we 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 were the guy who thinks we're the bouncer, and we tell yeah, we man, tell we already kicked out Edward Norton. We did, we did. Uh, Get out of here. We didn't mention our cast yesterday, which we sh- definitely should have. Uh, but the, the, the sounds like uh, Deadpool action's happening. Like there's some uh, Deadpool maybe. motion. That, uh, he's having meetings. He's at Marvel. Not only having meetings, but taking pictures of meetings, which in my mind, that means something's moving in the right direction. Yep. So yep. I think Deadpool's coming to an MCU near you. That's fair. That's fair. Well, that's about it for me. You, you, Wrap it up, man. We're yep. done. All right. Well, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave us a voicemail. Uh, if you would like to check out more stuff from me, I have the Orville Universe Podcast, the Star Trek Universe Podcast, and now, brand new, starting this week, and we're starting to run these episodes to, uh, tonight as we record this, but probably a couple days ago, the new Who Watched the Watchmen, which is our Watchmen recap series about HBO's new Watchmen. Uh, if you want to support the MCU cast, go to patreon.com slash MCU cast. Uh, we love you. Peace. Until next time, true believers.